Jeff and Miss Wendy today. Go get them, guys. The rest of you can take your Bibles to Psalm 128. Before you get into your Bible, though, turn around and look at all those guys that are going up there today. Mr. Louie waving. Yeah, amen. <clears throat> well, I preach on this often, and I guess maybe the reason being is it's so important, but uh, we're going to be finishing up our series today on being happy in a dysfunctional world, and um, looking forward to the uh, next couple of weeks with uh, special guests, and then but in, this is going to be the last uh, uh, one that we have in this series of being happy in that dysfunctional world. And, and uh, truly the one that probably weighs heaviest on my heart. And uh, I, I'm just so thrilled that there are so many that are here to hear this today. God obviously moved in your heart this morning to get you here today. And uh, the, you, you need to, and I'll do everything I can to speak in a way that I'm out of the way and that you will listen to what God has for you today. He wanted you to be here to hear this and truly of, of vital importance in all of the all of the messages that has been preached in this series. I, I dare say, you know, to rank any in importance, but uh, truly this is the one that um, is heaviest on my heart just from what I see uh, in our own society and even in our church family and so I want us to uh, give some thought to this today, but I titled the message, Heaven on Earth. And as we met on uh, Saturday morning yesterday with the men, and, and uh, uh, truly appreciated that time, but was uh, sharing with them some of the burden on my heart and uh, Satan's attacks that are upon our families, and, and uh, I was talking about the title of this being Heaven on Earth, and... and uh, there was a statement made, and, and oh, how it rings so true, is that our families, if we will be biblical in how we are raising our families and, and following the Lord, then, then truly our family can be that place, what we call heaven on earth. And it's not perfect by any means, and we know that heaven will be, and, but it will be as close as what we will see uh, here on earth. Whenever you give thought to the the, the, the entire uh, uh, structure of the family, and we see that it represents the very relationship that we have with Christ. And, and we know that, that uh, uh, we are, as believers, referred to as the bride. And, and we know that Jesus is the groom. We also know that, that uh, through that, that he's the head of the body. And so we look to him for guidance and wisdom. And and we know that in our marriage that the groom represents, the, represents Jesus himself and, and how the groom, the man of the house, the husband, needs to be that spiritual leader that is bringing his family towards Christ and showing his family what it means to have, have a place here that, that represents what God wants it to represent, a, a heavenly place. And, and we know that the lady, the wife, represents the the bride of Christ and how in that obedience to following the groom and, and doing everything that uh, she ought to, to to bring honor and glory to the groom and to, 
to be obedient and, and follow and, and be the helpmeet that she needs to be. Is, is just like the church today, how we ought to be looking at glorifying God in everything that we do and following Him and being obedient to what it is that, that He shows us that we ought to do. And then the children representing the blessings of God upon our lives and, and the responsibilities that we have and understanding of how many eyes are watching us and how many lives are depending that we make the right decisions in our own lives and as we lead our families and as we are living our lives and, and our marriage that we are, we are training our children and, and, and uh, truly it, it just weighs so heavy and, and how it, it can be a place that's heaven on earth. But the statement was made and oh how true it is that not only should our families be heaven on earth, but if we fail to do the things that God is showing us and the instructions that God is giving us, and instead of it being heaven on earth, it can truly be hell on earth. And that's why it's such a burden. That's why it, it uh, brings out so many emotions in my own life and, and uh, thinking about and, and seeing the attacks that, that are going on in our families today and and I know that, that no one is not subject to this. We all have our, have our battles that are going on. And, and there are many of you that are, are dealing with this very battle today with our, with our families. And, and oh, how we need to guard against that. And so as we get into this, I, I want us to see that, that, first of all, it's a psalm of happiness. Psalm 128 is a psalm of happiness. And, and it's a psalm that, that we ought to sing at a a marriage. We ought to sing it at a birth. We ought to sing it any day where a family gathers to worship the Lord. It's a it's a psalm that reminds us of God's blessings to those in His family. You know, I find it interesting. I was listening to a a, a message yesterday. We we have some old cassette tapes over here, and 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 I don't know if anybody else has a car old enough that still has a cassette player in it, but I do. And so I grabbed one of those and was listening to Tom Malone preach on Standing in the Gap. But, you know, he gave a, gave a testimony, and I don't know even when this took place, but it truly is uh, relevant today. said that there was a family that was, had gotten the, the husband and the wife had gotten saved, and their, and their kids were growing in the Lord, and they were... They were in their local church, and they were serving the Lord, and, and God was using them greatly, and, and, and then pretty soon things just got busy in their life, and, and the noise of the world, and, and all the, the distractions that were there, and, and like so many families, they veered away and, and, and got out of, of serving the Lord as they should, and got out of reading the scriptures, and, 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 and praying together, and having those daily devotions, and and going to church and listening to the preaching of God's Word and, and the fellowship and the encouragement of other believers. And, and they fell by the wayside. And, and then it was during that time that, that the man came home and then found out that, that there was another man involved. And so now their marriage is falling apart. And, and then here's this man that was uh, distraught by all of the mess that had taken place. And then I, I'm, I'm not exactly sure on all of the facts, but... Somehow he got back into the house and went into the basement and doused the house with gasoline, set himself on fire, and killed everybody in the house. <clears throat> and we see the dysfunctionality that goes on in a family. 
And I don't use that to, to bring a shock to you, but maybe I do. I think we need to understand that, that it is, it, 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 salvation is simple. Salvation is very simple. Salvation is, is an understanding in your heart that, hey, I'm not perfect, and yeah, I do do things that, that are not right, and, and I do offend a holy God, and, and, I, and I've done things in my life that I'm ashamed of, and, and I'm carrying this burden around, and, and there's no way that I can get rid of this burden, but, but somebody keeps telling me about a Jesus who died on the cross, and, and why did he die? But he died there to take away that burden of my sin, and, and showed me that when he rose again the third day that he's God, and that, that, that the wrath of God has been taken off of me and, and put on Jesus and that, that if I would just only by faith completely trust in Jesus and, and ask Him to forgive me and come into my life and save me of this and, and I can take this to Him and, and Lord, I can cry unto You and say, Lord, save me today and give me eternal life and, and, and Lord, I trust You and, and I ask that You forgive me in my sins and with a humble heart when You cry out to that, Jesus will save you. And it is that simple. Well, how often we want to make salvation so hard. And, and salvation is not, not hard at all. Salvation is very simple. It's a humbling of your heart and a, a repenting of, of the, the sins and, and your sin-reeking life that you have. And, and you want to get away from that. And, and Jesus will give you that eternal life. And, and so by faith you call upon Him and you trust Him as your Savior and He gives you that. Oh, how simple salvation is. And, and look, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'm, I'm not standing here to condemn you. I'm standing here to tell you that Jesus Christ came to save you and, and that, that, that He is life and that now is your opportunity to bow your heart and, and, and pray to Him and ask Him to come into your heart and be your Savior and, and know and understand the burden of guilt and the, and the burden of sin is gone and, and you are delivered from that. And do so today. Trust Him as your Savior. Don't walk out of here with any doubts in your heart or in your mind. And, and get rid of the pride that's trying to hold you back from doing that. And quit thinking about what everybody else is going to think about. And, and quit thinking about the life that you lived. And, and say that, well, people are going to call me a hypocrite. I don't care what people are going to say. Neither should you care what people are going to say. You need to care about that day when you're going to stand in front of the very throne of God. And are you going to be covered by the blood of Christ or are you not? You trust Him as your Savior. But I want you to know that discipleship is another whole different area. Salvation is simple. Discipleship is hard. And that's why He empowers us with the very eternal presence of the Holy Spirit living in our lives to help us to make the right decisions in our lives. And, and you never know how one small decision can impact you 30 years down the road and, and how you need to make sure that you're making the right decisions today and, and living the way that you ought to because you don't understand how much that might impact you later. You'll never understand by, by saying that, you know what, I'm just going to stay home this morning and, and, and I think I'll watch the Broncos lose again and, and I, I'm not going to go to church today because maybe today is the day that they're going to show up and, and you'll never know what that one decision may have made dues to, to your family 20 years down the road. 
by missing the one message that God had for you or that God had for your son or your daughter or your wife or, or, or somebody else sitting in here that is going to be the one that was going to be the adulterer with your spouse and got their hearts right and changed their lives before it ever happened. We just don't know. But I'm telling you that we have an obligation as believers today to know and recognize that there is a way that God wants us to live. And there is a way that God wants us to be the kind of husband that we ought to be. There's a, there's a manner in which God wants you to be the kind of wife that He wants you to be, and He shows you how to do that. He shows you how to raise your children. He shows the, the children the kind of attitude that they ought to have and shows them the kind of life that they ought to have. And, and He shows us a way that, that we can have a blessed family and we truly can experience heaven on earth in our family. And oh, how important it is that that we realize that the one thing that God says, you're going to be my disciple, take up your cross and follow me. Your cross is whatever your desires are. It's whatever you think that you ought to be doing or, or the goals that you have for your life and the goals that you have for your, your, your spouse and your marriage and the goals that you have for your children, and you need to pick those up and say, God, you know what? None of these matter. None of the goals that I have for my life, none of that matters. The things I have for my marriage, are none of those matter. The things that I want for my children, none of those matter. The only thing that matters is, God, I want to do what you want me to do, and I follow you. I don't want anything else but to follow you. With all of my heart, soul, strength, and mind, I'm going to do everything I can to follow you. God's program is God's program, and it doesn't change. God's program has been shown to us what it is, and we need to abide by that, and we need to live by that. Some of you might say, well, I haven't been doing that. Well, you know what? Today's a new day. First day of the week, and it's the first day to get it right. And today is the first day that you're going to do the things that God wants you to do. Well, you know, Pastor, you don't understand. I'm, I've wrecked two marriages, and I'm on my third marriage, or, or I'm on my fourth marriage. You know what? Today is a new day. Get it right with God today, and live and love your spouse that you have, and, and serve and love God the way that you ought to. And, and yeah, there's going to be scars, you know? I, I mean, you, you do things. You make dumb things. You know, you put your thumb on the wrong side of the semi-automatic. When you shoot, you're going to have a sore on your thumb, you know, and, and it's going to leave a little mark on, your, on yourself, and you're going to make dumb decisions along the way, and, and, you're going to leave, and you're going to have those, and you're going to learn from those, but today is a new day, and today is the day that you get things right with God, and today is the day that you live in a way that will bring honor and glory to God. And yeah, there will be scars along the way. And yes, there can be some regrets that you had. But today, God can wipe away the regrets. And God can bring a restoration and a peace in your heart and in your life that only God can give. Quit living in guilt. Quit living in shame. Quit living in disobedience. Quit living as an unsaved person. Quit living in your carnality as a believer today. And today, get things right and be what it is that God wants you to be. Today is a new day. And so, first of all, in verse 1, we see, let's be a fearing family. He says, blessed, oh, happy. Oh, happy it is 
How happy are we today? I mean, I, I picked out those songs today, Miss Laura, so I'm glad you knew how to play all of those. And, and Wes, did you know all of them? See, it was a win. Ding, ding. He knew all the songs. And, but oh, happy day, happy day. I, I mean, it is a happy day, isn't it? Every day that we can wake up and, and God has given us our, our, our ability to breathe again and, and He's obviously given you the ability to get out of bed this morning and, and He's given you the ability to get here today and, and we have a place that, that loves you and a place where we can come and worship together and praise God together and, and fellowship together and pray together and, and, and we have a Bible that we can open up and know that this is God's Word and, and here He is speaking to me today and and the Holy Spirit is dwelling in there and, and he's and he's comforting me and he's helping me and and he's showing me that oh in all the things that this world has thrown at me I can still be happy and, and, and be joyful. Joe Camacho is a perfect example of that and not perfect in any way but mom laying there in the hospital not knowing whether God is going to call her home or whether God's going to continue to give her life here on earth and and here he is, not sure what to do, and then runs into a good friend, a family friend that's in the, in the very next room next to them. And, and there he is. They're able to go in there and talk to them, who, who some of them probably don't know the Lord. And he's able to witness to them while his own mom is fighting for her life. Here he is being able to dedicate his life and, and tell somebody else about Jesus. And, and oh, that is what it's about. That's the kind of joy that I'm talking about. That is a supernatural joy that only God can can give and in your own time of need and, and in your own time of grief and, and stress and concern and all of these things, you can still give your life to help somebody else along the way. Oh, I'm telling you, oh, happy day. It is a happy day and oh, how blessed we are. And then when we start thinking about here you are, so many of you brought your children today and there they are. They're up there and they're learning about God and some are here. I just heard an amen from a little one right there too, you know. Praise the Lord for that. I mean, I, and we have those that are, that are and what a blessing that is to, to think that here you are. You, you have found it important enough to be here to bring your children today. And, and look, your children never bother me. Never, never think that, man, just let him squall. It's okay. You know, <clears throat> maybe you don't. He might have a bad diaper. So he might need to deal with it, you know. But praise the Lord. Praise the Lord we have babies that are in our service. Praise the Lord we have a whole room full up there. Praise the Lord we need more room. Praise the Lord that we have kids that are trusting Christ and, and we have parents that are concerned about it. And oh, Because we need to understand and realize that truly the only thing that's going to make us happy in a dysfunctional world is our Savior and what we do for Him. And blessed is everyone as we think about His Word and his way, well, he tells us there are some ways that you're going to have this kind of family, a heaven on earth. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. Oh, I can praise the Lord, my sins are forgiven. Psalm 32, 2 tells us that. We can praise the Lord in Psalm 119, verses 1 and 2, that God has shown us the way and how we ought to live. We can, we can look over in Proverbs 20, if you would, and, and look at this. Proverbs 20 and verse 7, a promise that he gives. And he says, the just man 
The one who is justified. The one who is right and, and walking in a way that, that God wants him to walk. And, and, and so it's not just talking about being honest. I'm telling you, that just man is one that, that is just through God's eyes and, and been justified through God's eyes. And, and here he is walking in a way that God has shown us how to walk. And, and, and it says the just man walketh in his integrity. He's complete and, and he's perfect in the things that not only is he saying, he's a believer but he's walking as a believer and he's walking to the best of his ability according to this knowledge of the word of God and he's living according to that and and he's walking in his integrity and as he walks in his integrity and 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 his entire life is conducted this way his children are blessed after him his children are blessed after him oh how important it is that we walk in the way that God would have us to walk. And, and here it tells us that, oh, how we need to fear God and, and who He is and, and what He does and, and know and understand that, you know, we can, we can live our lives and wringing our hands and, and, and wondering, man, I just hope my kids make the right decision and, 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 and oh, I hope I've done the right things to, 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 to bring the, the knowledge that He needs. And look, He tells us in Proverbs 1 and verse 7, He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Oh, if we want our children to make the right decisions, then do we fear God the way that we ought to? Do we trust God the way that we ought to? Instead of fretting and worrying about our children, are they, are they going to make the right decisions? Why don't we raise them and show them and teach them how to make the right decisions by fearing God? And understanding that God's the one that is going to lead us and show us and give us wisdom. The world isn't going to do that. But God can. And oh, how we ought to respect Him and we ought to show a fear for Him because it tells us that it is the beginning of knowledge. It's the beginning of a knowledge that we experience God and, 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 and we can see and know as, as we put Him to the test and as we walk with Him, we see that, that He does answer our prayers and that as I live this way and, and I walk in my integrity that, that my children are blessed and, and I find out that as I walk in my integrity and, and as I'm walking according to the Scripture in my life and, and I'm keeping my heart right and, and I'm living the way that I ought to live, that, that my wife is watching that and, and, and we see that it's then easier to follow me because I'm loving my wife like I ought to and, and my wife is loving me as she ought to and then my children are looking at this and they're, they're seeing that hey mom loves dad and dad loves mom and, and both of them love God and, and they obviously fear God because they're praying and they're, they're worshiping him and, and, he, and he is a priority in their life and he is the priority in their life and there is nothing that comes between them and, and God. And, and you as a child, you see this and you learn to respect that and, and you find out then, hey, if my dad's going to do that and my mom's going to do that, then I need to do that too. Now, are there challenges along the way? Yes, there are. But you know what? You find out. You find out that your children will follow you. And you'll see that they are blessed in that obedience. <clears throat> Oh, how careful we need to be that we're not showing our family that we really don't fear God. Spurgeon once said, the fear of God is the cornerstone of all blessedness. 
How much do we truly fear God? When, when things come up in our lives, what becomes our priority? I mean, I, you, you know I find? I find the, the larger the church, the busier it gets. And so there are days when, when it's all quiet. Praise the Lord for that. Other days, phone starts ringing 6 in the morning and, and doesn't ever seem to stop. You just don't know. But I found that you can let all this busyness, and, and I can be doing good things, but I put God on the side because, hey, God, I got the ministry to do here. I'm kind of busy right now, God. I, I don't have time to, to read my devotions like I should, and, and, I, and I don't have time to, to be praying as I should and seeking your power and walking with you. And then, you know what I find? It doesn't take till just a couple hours into this, you find out that you're really having some battles with the flesh that you wouldn't have had if you keep God the priority in your life. Man, we can make all kinds of things priorities and not God. When we do that, we show our family that we truly do not fear God. Do you understand the power of the one that we serve? Go back and read through the Old Testament, the power of God and the examples that he gives us of, of his power. The power that we could see even today if he wants to show himself. Let us fear God with a reverential fear. Let us fear God with a dread to offend. Let us fear God that brings an anxiety to please him. Let us fear God in, in an entire obedience and submission to what it is that he wants in our lives. Oh, let us take up our cross and let us, let us realize and understand that none of those things matter, but only our obedience to God truly matters. Guys, in a family, it starts with you. It starts with you. Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord that walketh in his ways. You know, God has given us the plan. He's given us the the direction, Psalm 119, 1 through 3, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Doesn't mean you're not that you're going to be perfect. But it's going to tell you, he's going to show you that as a child of God, iniquity, sin, will not dominate your life. Holiness and righteousness will. And so we need to fear God. We need to be a God-fearing family if we're going to have heaven on earth. How about your life? Do you fear Him? You know, I dare say every one of us sitting here can look at your life and see there are times where He gets put on the back burner and we don't fear Him the way that we should. You know, it tells us in the in the book of Acts, <clears throat> Peter and some of the other disciples were there meeting. And Ananias and Sapphira had made somewhat of a big deal. And they had said, hey, we sold some property. We sold it for such and such amount. And we want to give that to the church. Sounds good, doesn't it? Sounds great. However, they lied. They sold the property for a certain amount, 
But then they told the church that they sold it for this amount. So maybe they sold it for $100,000, and, and, and that's what they pocketed, but they told the church, hey, we sold it for 50000 We want to give all of it to the church. Wow, that's great. Praise the Lord for that. But so they bring Ananias in and say, Ananias, I hear you want to give the church some money. Yeah, I do. I want to give you all that I sold this property for. Peter said, you lied to God. And he said, just as you lied, we'll carry you out here feet first. And he died. Right in front of everybody, God killed him. God killed him. Well, now wait a minute. He gave him 50000 God doesn't need your money. God was going to lie about it. God wants your heart. Ananias lied. And so God killed him and took him out. There was no fear of God for who he was. Sapphira came in shortly thereafter. All right, Sapphira, I hear you guys want to give some money. Yep, we sold the property for 50000 We want you guys to have all of it. Sapphira, we know that you sold it for 100000 And you could have just said, hey, God laid on our heart to give 50000 of it. But you made a big deal and said that we want to give you all of it. And you lied. And just as we carried your husband out, we're going to carry you out. And she died. You know what it says about the church? They feared God greatly. Now, I'm not saying that God's sitting around here waiting for someone to lie to strike you on the head with lightning. But I'm telling you that we need to have a fear for God. We're living in a country today that has lost their fear of God. We, we are living in a society that no longer fears God. We are being part of churches today that have no fear of God. Know how we need to get back to it. And it needs to start in your life and in your family. Fear God. Be a God-fearing family. Be a working family in verse 2. For thou shalt eat the labor of thine hands. Happy shall thou be, and it shall be well with thee. I think two things, two things on this. The Thessalonians had uh, gotten to the point where Paul had come in and preached to them and, and said that Jesus was, there was an imminent return of Jesus. And he was coming back. And so you need to be prepared for his coming back. And so the Thessalonians said, well, since Jesus is coming back, then we don't need to work anymore. So they quit working. They quit paying their bills. They wasn't doing anything that they were supposed to be doing and they were just sitting around and they were waiting for the day when Jesus was to come back. And Paul went to them and said, look, you got the wrong idea. You need to work until He comes. You need to keep toiling and, and you need to keep witnessing to others and, and you need to keep living your life and, and bringing honor and glory to God and, and you don't need to stop working. And, and he went on and he said, if you're not going to work, then you don't need to eat. So, I, I do believe in this passage here that for thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands. I, there is no reason why a believer should ever have the testimony of being lazy. We should never be lazy. All right? So I understand that. I believe this has far more to deal with than just being a hard worker. You know, you can, you can put work before God. We need to be careful of that. 
I, I think in, in, in our church family, I've been doing this long enough in this community, that I, I don't see in our church family having to deal so much with the laziness as I see with people working too much and working too hard and in showing that they're not going to be lazy where, where ultimately God is neglected because you're too busy working, showing people that you're not lazy and, and providing for your family so that they have all of the niceties. Your son, your daughter, your family would easily, if they knew what it meant, they would easily give up any of those material things for your presence in their lives. And so we need to work because we need to understand that we will be ultimately receiving the work of our hands. If, if you are living your life for those things that are precious to you and valuable to you materialistically, then your children are going to grow the same way. And it's kind of like the idea of, uh, here I go quoting songs again, but Cat in the Cradle. I know that dates me, but, and I'm not endorsing the, the people, okay? But just look up the lyrics of that song and realize the truth of it written by a secular man, realizing and understanding I spent my whole life working. Didn't have time for my kids. And then when I finally stop working and have time for my kids, my kids have no time for me. There's probably a better example than Cat in the Cradle. But anyway, it is the truth, isn't it? Because we will receive the labor of our hands. You know, he tells us in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, that was another one I think I forgot to tell my wife to put on the screen, but Solomon worked hard. This is what Solomon said. He was a man that had all wisdom, wisest person on earth, richest also, had everything, wrote the book of Ecclesiastes, and, and it's a journal that he kept then showing that he said, I, I wanted to go out into the world and, and I wanted to find happiness without God. And, and so he journals that in the book of Ecclesiastes. And, and, and with a man that had everything and, and could get anything that he desired and, and tried to find happiness in that. And, and then he tells us the last words of this journal. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. <laughs> I just thought of another song, too. You bring all these songs back. Billy Ray Cyrus sang one years ago, too. Maybe he should have listened to his own words. Maybe Miley wouldn't be such a... Maybe Miley would be a better person today if maybe mom and dad spend a little more time with her and showing her how to be a godly individual. But here we need to understand that we will receive the fruit of our work. What are we working the most on? What are we investing the most on? And maybe I'll get in a little bit of trouble with this, okay? And, and it, has, it has nothing to do with you sitting here, but our public schools are not there to be a babysitting service. 
Our public schools are not there to be a social service. My children need to learn how to live and how to be the right kind of person from me. My child needs to learn from me. Diane and all those other teachers, you need to teach them math. You need to teach them science and how it goes along with proves creation. We need to teach them uh, grammar. We need to teach them how, how to be able to communicate through writing and through speaking to one another. But it is none of your business in teaching my children how to be a good person and how to be the kind of person that you think they ought to be. That is none of your business. That is my business, and my business is to show my children how to be a godly individual, and how to fear God, and how to work hard, and how to be honest, and, and how to understand that at the end of your life, you will be the only one to give an account for what you have done. And you will not be able to blame it on your teacher. You will not be able to blame it on the bullies. You're not going to be able to blame it on anybody else. It's going to be on you and you only. And you as parents need to realize and train your children in a way that's going to bring honor and glory to God because there is going to come a day when mama ain't going to be able to be there and daddy ain't going to be able to be there. He or she will be standing there alone in the very presence of God and they'll either have rejected Jesus or they will have accepted Jesus and they'll either go to heaven or they'll go to hell. And it's their decision. How are you training them? How are you training them today? Be a working family and make sure that you are working on the things that will bring fruit to your life for eternity. Verse 3, being a fruitful family. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. I, I can't tell you how many families since I've lived here that I've seen destroyed. Wasted. Not only in our community, but friends that I've watched go through it. Family members that I've watched go through it. I, I would say if you sit down and and, and really give thought to it, it'd be hundreds. Hundreds. Hundreds of families that have disintegrated because we choose not to live our family and, and raise our family and be what it is that God wants us to be. Man, do you understand that as we lead our family and we fear God and we understand that we're going to... to, to give an account for the work of our hands and, and, and the way that we're raising our family. Do you understand that if you walk in a godly way, if you walk in a godly way, if you are taking the Word of God and you're being obedient to the Word of God and you're not listening to the outside sources telling you, oh, you can't do this and, and you can't raise your family that way and, and why in the world are you treating your old lady like that and why do you treat her like she's a queen and why is it that you are, are, are acting that way with your wife? Do you have this big ring in your nose and, and you're scared of your wife or, or why is it that you do that? You need to be the man of the house and and you need to be the, the kind of guy that, that treats your wife like I do. And you need to go out and spend all your time with your buddies at the Queen's Lounge. And, and you need to be having a good time with your friends. And, and you need to just know that, that your wife is going to stand there and, and be in the home and, and raising your children for you while you go out and be some party animal and, 
and be the, the, the first class citizen that you think you are and, and think that all is going to be okay and you're going to come home and you're going to find out that your family is hell on earth because of what you're doing. But when you come home at night, you've worked hard, you started out your day walking in the Spirit and thanking God for all the things that you have and your blessings and, and you think of, first of all, your salvation and, and your Savior and, and secondly, you're thankful for that godly woman that you have that loves you and supports you and, and is loyal and faithful and, and, and is there with your children during the day while, while you're out there working and, and she's loving her children and, and helping them along the way and, and being an example that she ought to be for them and, 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 the, and you're praying for her and, and, and you're seeing this kind of relationship and, and you can't wait to get home and, and, and you're looking forward to, to seeing your wife and spending time with your best friend and, and, and you're looking forward to seeing your children and bouncing them on your legs when they're small and getting down on the floor and, and racing the, the, I don't know, the Hot Wheels together or playing with the Barbie doll that, or, or some doll. I can't even use Barbies anymore because they've gone completely wacko too, you know. And so some rag doll that your wife has sewed up for your daughter or whatever and, 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 you're, and you're there together and you're, maybe you're playing with them and, and enjoying the time that you have and, and then you sit down to a meal together and, and you pray and you thank God for your blessings and, and, and you love your wife and you, and you talk to her and you communicate with her and because she is your best friend and, and maybe you sit down and maybe you take a drive or maybe you sit out on the porch and you sit in the chair and you listen to how her day went and you encourage her and, and as you do this and, and you understand the priorities in your life and, and the blessings in life and that first of all your relationship with Christ is number one secondly the next best blessing you have in your life is your wife when you have a wife like that and it's like a fruitful vine on the side of the house and there it is easily accessible one that you can't explain and, and one that, 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 that somebody in the world don't know and, and can't understand the, the kind of love that you have and how it grows and, and grows and, and pretty soon you look up and you've been married 20 years and people are looking at you and saying, wow, how in the world did you do that? Well, it's simple. I love God and I love my wife. You watch your children grow up and you see your you see your sons start treating their girlfriend like you treat your wife. can be convicting if you're not doing it right. But you can also see them how they're growing up and they're wanting to be the man of the house and the leader and, and they want to love their, their wife that their God is going to give them like they've watched dad love theirs. Mom. You watch your daughter grow up. And she starts looking for that guy that reminds her of her dad. I don't know if that's always good or not. But you see that. And why? Oh, they know all of your weaknesses. But they, they have watched how you have treated their mom. And so they go into a relationship expecting that guy to do the same thing. And so do I. So do I. I expect my boys to treat their wife even better than I treated mine. 
And I'm not going to stand to watch them become some nasty bully. And I'm not going to stand there and be quiet when they think that they need to go spend more time with their buddies than they do with their own wife. I'm not going to stand for a man to beat my daughter. I will go to jail. And I'll be happy to let Dusty come and arrest me. But that'll be after Dusty gives the guy a good whipping too. <laughs> but you see what he's saying? I mean, when, when we are a fruitful family, and fruitful means as we are obedient, God produces fruit. Man, he gives us a wife that is a fruitful vine by the sides of thine house. Thy children like olive plants round about thy table. You know what it tells us? Look over at Proverbs 22. I, I know I've said this many times. But when we studied through Proverbs, it really jumped out at me. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. The thing I want you to look at is the word train. Train up. Train up a child in the way he should go. That word train means to dedicate and to consecrate, and it's an imperative command. You need to raise up your children by consecrating them to God. First and foremost, God, I'm going to love you. Secondly, I'm going to love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. And thirdly, I'm going to consecrate and I'm going to dedicate my children before they ever know how to wrestle, before they ever know how to throw a baseball, before they ever know how to shoot a gun, before they ever know how to do any of the things that dad likes to do, before they even know how to work hard, they're going to know that God loves them. And that they need to be obedient to God. And I'm going to give God my kids. God, whatever you want to do with them, you do that. Let me tell you, that came through some hard lessons. That came through some lessons where I realized that maybe I had never done that. Or to the point where I needed to. And God will bring you to a point where he'll show you, you better do that. I'm telling you, learn from my experience, and you do it early, and you consecrate those kids. I'm going to teach them how to serve God better than anything else. They need to know how to serve God. Be a fruitful family. I'm way over, and I'm almost done. I'm going to be quick now. Verse 4, behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. Be an obedient family. A blessed man has relationships that are happy, they're profitable, God gives a family blessedness, gives them peace, gives them joy. Ephesians 5, 25 through 33, you guys can write that down. Read it. Understand how much you ought to love your wife. 1 Peter chapter 3, the first seven verses, tells you also the responsibilities that we have. You see, God has laid it out. You can sit here and say, well, that's just not the way we do it. Well, fine. Yeah, purgatory on earth. Maybe a little bit of good, a little bit of bad. You know what it ultimately comes down to? It's just hell on earth. 
It's a worldly way of raising your family, and it'll never be what God wants it to be. Be the kind of man that God wants you to be. Know Christ as your Savior. And then trust Him for everything and love Him with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And lead your family. And they'll follow. And so we need to be an obedient family. Be prosperous. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion. And thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Zion was a center of God's blessings for Israel. Our home is the center for God's blessings on our lives. Like I said earlier, I've made a mess of mine. I can't go back. Today is a new day. Today you do the right thing. Today you start living for God. Today is the day that you become the man that God wants you to be today. You become the woman that God wants you to be today. You raise your children today in the way that God wants you to raise them. And God will help you. And so be a prosperous family. And you know what then it brings? Be a blessed, be a blessed generational family. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children and peace upon Israel. You might have grown up in a family that didn't know God, didn't know the Lord. Maybe you're telling me that, hey, I'm not even concerned, you know, my family, right now I'm doing my best, but I grew up in a family that was hell on earth. Break the chain. Break the chain. Be different today. Be what God wants you to be. And you know what happens? As you follow God, and your wife follows God, and your children start following God, then you see them get married, they follow God, they raise their children to follow God, and then the next thing, if God gives you life long enough, you're 80 years old and you look down and you see three generations, yours, your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren living for God. A blessed generational family. That's what God wants. And when you leave this earth, you have left a legacy that matters for eternity. That's what it's about. Now you understand why Satan is so after your family. Oh, he's after us every day. It doesn't matter whether even if you're a widow or a widower, God is still at, or Satan is still after you and still after all of your family. You need to guard need to protect. Maybe you've been married. Look, I, I, I was, I, I'm, not a whole lot surprises me anymore, but a, a few years ago, I had a couple come to me who needed marital counseling, and they'd been married over 50 years, and they were thinking of divorce. Don't think that you're protected. You might look and say, hey, my family's doing pretty good right now. Well, be what? Good. Praise the Lord. Now guard it. Because if you just thought that, Satan probably did too. Guard your family. Guard your family. Walk the way that you ought to. And I know I harp on this, but men, it starts with you.
It does. You, you might think that, not my responsibility. Yep. The work of your hands, the things that you are going to give an account for, the day will come. The day of reckoning will come. Let's get it right with him today. Whatever God is doing in your heart today, listen to what he's telling you and respond correctly to what he wants you to do today. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you search the families that are here today. Lord, there might be a couple sitting here and thinking, wow, we got this under control and all is good, but maybe what they need to do is ask their children. So what do you guys think? Do you see that I fear God? Do you see that God's a priority? Do you think that we're abiding by what the scriptures say? Lord, let the children speak. More so, though, I pray that the Holy Spirit speaks to us right now. Whatever it is that's hindering us from being what we need to be, whatever it is that's going on in our lives, whatever burden it may be, whatever insecurity it may be, whatever, whatever is going on in our hearts, Lord, I pray that you search that out with them today. And Father, we nail it on the cross today. We walk out of here and we're challenged to be better at our walk with you and to be exactly what it is that you want us to be so that our family can be heaven on earth. I pray that you help people with the regrets that they have. I pray that you help them to find that restoration. And I pray that you give them peace as they seek and do only what they can do and that they leave it in your hands and that, Father, you will bless them in their obedience to you. Lord, I know you can do whatever. And I know that you can help with some of those scars and some of those things that have gone on in their lives, the regrets and the thoughts and the memories and the grief and the shame and the doubt. And, Lord, you can, you can help them through all of that, and I pray that you do. Whatever it is that's hindering them, I pray that you would show that to them today. Show them that you are the balm of Gilead. Thank you, Lord, and we love you. We praise you. And oh, how blessed we truly are if you working and loving us, working in our hearts, and showing us mercy and grace. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I, I just want you to have that opportunity.